you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of 24-7, Scout, and a myriad of Cleveland sports blogs. Uh, we got a win, right? Uh, I know you don't refer to a win in the we sense when you're talking about a team, but still, the Indians win. Uh, <laughs> they finally beat the Twins. Uh, I felt like that was never going to happen, and their reward for that is uh, the Milwaukee Brewers coming into town. We'll preview the Brewers in the third part of the show today. Uh, Brewers are very good. And the Indians, unfortunately, get Woodruff and Burns in that series. So, yeah, like I said, we'll talk about it. Um, it's going to be rough, but we'll get there. We'll discuss it in a bit. But let's talk about the win. Let's talk about some uh, baseball savant stuff in the second part that I, I promised we'd get to when we didn't get to it on yesterday's show. I also want to talk about uh, Jose Ramirez's place in Indians history as of now and possibly what it could be if the Indians let him play out his contract. But let's start with the win today. Uh, Cal Quantrell. I mean, what a revelation. Even in your best hope, expectation, thought for him, uh, he wasn't going to be sitting here with an ERA barely over three, uh, having started the majority of the season. It's just a phenomenal story. It's phenomenal development. And, you know, again, I go back to uh, Nathan Kinsley, who, who sent me that tweet about two, three weeks ago, where... You look at Quantrell, you look at Musgrove, you look at Snell, you look at Clevenger, uh, you look at Hugh Darvish. Now, I know Clevenger didn't pitch this year, and he wasn't actually in that tweet, but still, uh, Quantrell's got the highest war of that group. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Josh Naylor was at least league average before he got hurt. Gabriel Arias is the top three prospect in the system, in my opinion. Uh, I think it's hard to argue against him being top three in the system. And then... I mean, Cantillo's barely gotten to pitch this year, and he's shown some really good stuff when he's given those opportunities, and I thought he was the number two piece. I thought he was the guy who was perfect for the Indians' developmental curve. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see, but oh boy, oh boy. Like I said, that that Clevenger trade has a sincere chance, a sincere chance to be Cologne Part 2. Uh, I know that's crazy because they got like a top five MVP candidate who you know, happened to unfortunately have his career end at like age 26 or 27. And then they got a very good lefty who for his last year and a half in system was a Cy Young. But before that was just a solid rotation piece. Uh, Just this could turn into that. I mean, they six pieces, varying degrees of good with all of them. I'm going to stand by it. But Quantrell, seven and two thirds innings, four hits, one earned run. That was on a home run in the second inning, five strikeouts, two walks, Blake Parker finished off the eighth, and then Class A had a perfect inning for his 22nd save. ERA for him now under, down to 148, who reached base multiple times in this one. And we talked earlier in the year how this is not a team that walks much, and I thought that could be an issue. Miles Straw with three tonight, and that's something he does well. That's another, on top of just being an elite defender, uh, having great contact skills, uh, excellent base runner, great speed. Something this lineup missed was someone who could work counts since Carlos Santana left, and that's what Straw brings. Three walks tonight. Uh, Jose Ramirez, Fran Reyes, Oscar Mercado had your other ones. And Straw also managed to hit. Uh, Jose Ramirez 
had the the hit in the walk for his uh, 33rd, his hit was, and Franmel also had a, a hit and a walk. Franmel had his 28th, Jose Ramirez had his 33rd. Two hits by Harold Ramirez uh, after some of his scuffles. Nice to see Yu Chen Chang had a two-hit game as well. Extra base hits, a pair of doubles for Harold Ramirez and Owen Miller. Uh, so Quantrell has to be your player of the game. Uh, that's one of them. That's one of your three stars. That's pretty easy. Uh, at the end of the day, I am... Tempted just to go with Ramirez and Fran Mill for the home runs, uh, along with each having a walk in this one. I know there were multi-hit guys. You know, Harold Ramirez had two hits and a walk, and the guy who reached base the most was Miles Straw. Uh, but I, you know, I lean into a 28th and 33rd home run of the year. Just in the box score comparison, only four hits and two walks, so six opportunities for the Twins. The Indians had nine hits and six walks, 15 opportunities. Uh, Andrew Alpers pitching for the Twins. Uh, I think I've no, I have it still open. You go get out. You know, I just went to look to see maybe a chance he's related to Matt. I'm sure other people had that thought. No, he's from Saskatchewan. Which, first of all, good on him. Uh, not a lot of guys come out of Saskatchewan. It's an unusual place. And I mean, he's pitching in Korea. He's pitching in Japan. This is a guy who, at 35 years of age, shows lefties never die. And if you keep working, you'll find a place. He was an SEC pitcher way back in the day. He was drafted, and this makes me feel good. So why do I like him? He was taken in the 2004 Major League Baseball draft. That's the, if I had, like, been a baseball player at Ohio State, that would have been my senior year. That would have been the year I would have gone. But that's a little weird for when I look at it. Uh, You know, he was, I'm sorry, he was, so he was originally drafted in 2004, but he must not have signed uh, because he's, five years younger than me so he must have uh, been drafted out of high school i'm assuming right, what i got it open here let's look yeah so he would later on get drafted in the 10th round four years later in 2008 he was a 12th round pick so i appreciate someone who is relatively close to me in age where i can look at his draft year and be like hey i was still in college uh, as that occurred uh, he also has a baseball reference profile clearly written by him uh, this might be the most in-depth profile i have seen Uh, on any uh, guy who has as little experience in the big leagues as he has. I mean, he's got 29 games, and it's a short novel. Uh, I mean, he's got 36 reference pieces. Uh, It's always kind of fun. I don't know if anyone else does this, where you go through. I mean, it's... In 2015, Albers was the opening day start for Buffalo. Albers had his contract purchased by the Blue Jays on May 1st after Daniel Norris was optioned to Buffalo, and Mazer Eternus was moved to the 68-day disabled lift list. After pitching in one game, he's optioned back to Buffalo on May 2nd. Stuff like that. Uh, I always, I don't know, I've always taken a uh, perverse pleasure in like, okay, they wrote their own profile. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a interesting one you can go check out. But again, I'm going to root for a dude who is at least close to me in age. Uh, so good on Andrew Alpers. Not a great start for him. Not a great ERA over seven. Uh, but you know, he's, he's out there fighting. He's not giving up on the dream. You got to love that type of player to begin with. Again, a pitcher who came out of Saskatchewan to go to Kentucky has, you know, constantly had to prove himself. Gone to Korea and Japan. It's a great story. Going back to the Indian side, nice win for the Indians. Gets them back to 500. Should we go over to Tankathon and just see what the updated draft rankings are? It feels like this should just be a part of the show from here on out. The win takes them from the 13th pick to the 15th pick as both uh, the Mets are now in a two-game losing streak and the Angels a one-gamer, so both those teams are below 500 while the Indians are at 500. 
Uh, the Phillies are currently sitting with the 16th pick after a three-game losing streak. So knocks Cleveland down a bit in that area of competition. We're going to take our first commercial break here. We'll come back and discuss some baseball savant stats and then Jose Ramirez and kind of where he's putting himself in Indians history. Slow is just right if you're on vacation, a sloth, or describing QuickBooks. More like slow books. It sucks you in and slows you down with manual processing, integration difficulties, glitchy delays that leave you scrambling for the numbers you need. Now is the time to make the switch to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one financial system, because NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financial inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. It's everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time, no matter how big your business grows. Failing to switch to NetSuite will leave you stuck trying to make sense of your books while your competitors sprint ahead. 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control since switching to NetSuite. And right now, special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financial program only for those ready to switch today. Head to NetSuite.com slash locked on right now. Get special financing at netsuite.com slash locked on. Netsuite.com slash locked on. Let's talk about some stat hero. Uh, we've talked about before. Daily fantasy is uh, it's a sucker bet for the most part. Uh, that's, that's why it exists. That's why these things are such a big deal. This is why Yahoo and everyone else is trying to get in on their own. Uh, corner of it because for the most part it's a soccer bet uh, it's it's like owning the casino and when you're playing poker that little bit that goes to the side and I'm blanking on the term for that but you know the house makes money uh, and they're making money while most lose money and that's what makes stat hero different it's the first daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control of winning and winning within reach because instead of everyone going all against each other and you're fighting players who have an advantage who are using computer programs and all those things it's you know the matchup and they're daring you to beat them it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup you're just trying to beat the computer you're not worried about anyone else just you you name your stakes winner takes all you have the advantage stat hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time no one else does that you are in total control. Stat Hero is the DFS the way it's meant to be, one-on-one. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. So baseball savant data. There's my so. Never going to break myself for that. It's interesting you look at this because just when you're looking at the whole team stuff, the only dark red belongs to uh, Franmo Reyes. Uh, barrel percentage, exit velocity, expected slugging, uh, weighted on base, uh, expected weighted on base. He's just, and then I need to find, I'm pretty sure I liked the Eno Saros tweet, most improved plate discipline compared to the first half. Swing percentage on balls outside the zone. Guess who has the, the biggest improvement who's the number one player most improved on swinging percentage of balls outside the zone it's Fran Mo Reyes who's sixth Owen Miller so keep that in mind uh, Randall Gearchuk Brandon Nimmo L.A. White L.I. Eli White Fernando Tatis Nick Solik Michael Brantley Salvador Perez Kyle Seeker the other players but six Owen Miller one Fran Mo Reyes uh, Framo Reyes needs to be the Indians' number one concern this offseason. The number one thing is to try to get him locked up long-term. Uh, you got three more years of team control. He's just entering arbitration now. It is a perfect time, uh, especially if the league is legitimately going to consider adding in that uh, floor to salary. Might as well go and keep these guys who are excellent, who are your top players, because that is what 
Franmo Reyes is right now. Franmo Reyes is he's one of the best power hitters in baseball. There's no other way around it. If he had been healthy, if he had not missed games, I mean, he is at 387 at plate appearances. Jose Ramirez is at 535. You're looking at 160 difference and, what, five difference in home runs. Like, Framo Reyes would lead this team in home runs if he had been healthy. That just is the truth of the matter. He has been so good. Uh, you want to know who's in the blue? Uh, Ahmed Rosario in barrel percentage. And, like, because these are the players who are the extreme ends. These are the high blues, the guys who are the extreme low, extreme high. And then Miles Straw, because he doesn't hit the ball hard at all. of <laughs> his like, barrel, hard hit, expected slugging. That stuff is low for Miles Straw, because that's just not his game. But at the same time, if we then turned around and opened up the Miles Straw page and went and looked at it, he would have the, well, you know, this is just looking at the hitting data, and my computer is deciding to be super slow right now. We'd see the Miles Straw is in the elite of the elite with defense and speed. And I could, it, again, computer issues are kind of plugging me. Yeah, Miles Straw is second on the team in outs above average. Number one is Bradley Zimmer. Uh, again, the elite-level defense that Zimmer has shown throughout his career continues to show up, and that's why I think he's the perfect fourth outfielder. He's got some pop, and he can run, and the defense is there. The defense for him is always there. Uh, yeah, so Miles Straw, outs above average, is 98th percentile. Outfielder jump, 64. And that's whiff percentage, 97. Walk, 67. K percentage, 65. Chase rate, 94. Sprint speed, 95. So it's all those little things in there he does well. Pulling up Bradley Zimmer. Uh, we'll see if my computer decides if it wants to load him or not, but he should have enough data. Uh, then Jose Ramirez, third best defender by outs above average. Yu Chang, Ernie Clement tied uh, fourth, then Bowers and Mercado. And then you have Josh Naylor as the last one who's currently posting an above zero score. Uh, bad defenders, Owen Miller has been atrocious. Cesar Hernandez and Bobby Bradley. Uh, Jordan Luplo, Harold Ramirez, Franmo Reyes. That, that all about fits. It is interesting that uh, in terms of outs above average that uh, Rosario is just league average. That they or not league average. He's a zero. He's not doing anything positive or negative to his overall score. Now we could spend forever here, so let's just look at hitters. Let's just look primarily at hitters that are kind of the major contributors, the everyday players. Ahmed Rosario is a fascinating profile. Outs above average is a 40. That's actually improved for him, so he's getting better there. Uh, he has a lot of dark blue. He doesn't barrel a lot. He has a bad launch angle. That's not in these stats, but Low barrel, bad launch angle, which is why his average exit velocity is low and his max exit velocity is high. He actually can hit the ball hard. His hard hit is at 71, and he does hit the ball hard often, but he's not getting it in the you know the best place to hit it, and he's not the uh, the angle that he's using. It's a complete slap approach. So it's one of those things. If you could work with him and refine that swing, there are signs here that he could be a stud. Like he's been about league average. There's things here that if he could really buy in, make some adjustments, there's a chance for a very special player just when you look at this data because you see what's missing and you see what's there and you see how improve the launch angle. Uh, and that might even help with the barrel percentage that there could be more. Uh, Owen Miller, he's been playing every day. Uh, <laughs> max exit velocity is mediocre. Sprint speed is 94. That kind of surprised me. I didn't think he was a burner, but that's what it says. Bradley Zimmer, max exit velocity 92. Outs above average 95. Sprint speed 97. Outfielder jump 86. And again, that's why 
I just think he's the ideal fourth outfielder. Could play all three spots. He runs really well. He defends really well. And there's some power in there. Harold Ramirez, he's another interesting one where uh, bad barrel percentage, but good high hard hit percentage. And again, terrible, terrible um, launch angle. It, the difference between him and Ahmed is, I mean, they're kind of similar profiles for the most part. Ahmed strikes out more uh, and walks more. Uh, but yeah, it, he, Harold Ramirez can somehow have an 88 in sprint speed, an 80 in outfielder jump, but a 26 in outs above average. I don't know how that happens. How do you have a good jump, good speed, and you still can't play your position well? And data bears that out across every metric. So it's, it's just kind of weird to look at. Uh, Josh Naylor, bad sprint speed, bad jump, uh, mediocre outs above average. Uh, good max exit velocity before his injury. Bobby Bradley, bad sprint speed, bad defense, good max exit velocity. Jose Ramirez, the worst stat he has is 66th percentile, and that's his hard hit. Dude has been a beast. I mean, there's no other way around it. He has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, we already basically talked about Miles Straw. I don't need to dig in any deeper there. I mean, Hedges has been the primary catcher. I guess we should go to him. That's the thing. At the end of the day, Roto Perez has had 128 plate appearances. I don't see how you can... His barrel percentage is is solid, but I don't see how you pay him. I don't see how you bring him back when he just can't stay healthy. Like, bottom line, for his entire career, this dude has stayed healthy like once. And even that season, uh, as the year wore on, he wore down because he wasn't healthy. Uh, when you look at Austin Hedges, max exit velocity, 49, sprint speed, 12, framing is only 45. Uh, he's not bringing a whole lot in the other areas. So it's crazy to say, I mean, I know they like Hedges, uh, but the data shows he's not even framing well this year and that some of his other data isn't as hot. His pop times are good, but not great. Uh, there are even, there's some signs of, uh, being a little bit easier to steal on and things like that. There's certainly a case for not bringing back either catcher. Roberto Perez's framing was a 45. Uh, they're they're not framing. They're not doing a lot of things well. <laughs> the problem the problem with that is plain and simply though is if you bring back neither, you don't have anyone. Lavastida got bumped to AAA because they want him to play every day, and they've got Bo Naylor at AA, and he's scuffling, and you can't move him up. Uh, Lavastida was fantastic in double a so like move him up let him play every day he is going to be added to the 40 man he could be an option by middle late next year uh but they they likely bring back one of these catchers i don't know i lean towards hedges because it'll be cheaper and he's also used to kind of a backup role so if things don't go well and you decide to go ahead and bring up lavastita uh you he's gonna be fine transitioning to that role but i the two-headed monster is catcher. Ugh, it's an ugly two-headed monster. It's not the good one. It's the bad version of that. So let's take a moment and talk Jose Ramirez now. Abrupt turn. But I had to, you know, I was sitting there looking at some of the things as he's kind of moving up in the all-time Cleveland Indians charts. If you go over to Baseball Reference and you look at their top 25 players by war, this season has pushed him up to 22nd. He essentially knocked out uh, Corey Kluber, I believe, was the player at a 323 who got knocked out. I'm trying to see if anyone else... Yeah. 
so it was Corey Kluber was the 25th highest player by war in Indians team history. He got knocked out as Jose Ramirez has moved up. Uh, this is not a modern era list either. You go through this team and like players that I watched play, there's Lofton, there's Tommy, and that, that and Jose Ramirez, that's it. Corey Kluber would have been one of the other ones. It's not not a list of people. Some did pitch in my lifetime, but were just not guys that were when I was paying attention to the Indians. Uh, that's in a lot of guys are guys who just were not during my lifetime at all. So for him to break that, you know, this is a team with played nearly eighteen or played over eighteen thousand games in their franchise history. It, it says something that he is twenty second all time. He has a chance to get another like maybe one to one and a half WAR this year. He's very pa- close to passing Ken Keltner. Uh, another one and a half WAR would get him past Keltner and would get him past uh, Bill Bradley, both third basemen. Uh, he would be just shy of Shoeless Joe, but he has a chance to move to 20th all-time in baseball reference war. Uh, and, I mean, he's already basically established himself. Uh, yeah, Terry Turner, I believe, was also a third baseman, does have a higher war for his career, but he also played 17 years in Cleveland and <laughs> was above league average bat three times. So it's not like he was anything sterling back there. He just had the advantage of playing for a long time. But Jose Ramirez is essentially already the greatest third baseman in Indians history. Go ahead. You can at me if you want, but it's not really up for debate when you look at what he has done and just where he ranks. He's going to pass just about everyone who's ever played the position in war uh, in terms of other rankings. Uh, Just offensively, he's 15th in war. Just defensively, 22nd in war in team history. Other places where we can spot him quick, 12th all-time in slugging percentage. Some of these other ones, we get into the totals, it's a little bit harder. 26th in run score, 37th in plate appearances. Uh, In hits, he's 39th. He's got a chance to keep accumulating. So let's say he gets another run and a half this year. Let's say he averages six and a half the next two years. Uh, That gets him up to about 14 and a half more. We go ahead and put that on what he currently has. Uh, 14 and a half onto his and this is of course they're likely to trade him we know that but let's say the unlikely thing happens they keep him and he gets another 14 and a half that gets you up to a uh, 47.6 at 47.6 he would be 10th all-time in indians history uh at 48th you have jim tomey to get to the ninth spot so that's where you are the the players who'd be ranked higher at that point in time would be tomey bob lemon kenny lofton Earl Avril, Stan Kovaleski, Lou Boudreau, Bob Feller, Tris Speaker, and Nap Lajoie. That's it. That's the list. Uh, that's that's how good Ramirez has been. That's how good uh, this guy for his career has been as an Indian. Unlikely we'll see him in 2022 and 2023 in particular. But if they did, he's got a chance to essentially leave as one of the 10 greatest players in Indians history. And that's worth pointing out. We're going to take a quick commercial break and come back and discuss this Brewer series. Does it sound familiar? you got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend log in for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place that means no more juggling remotes no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract 
So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Let's check out Bet Online. Our good friends over at Bet Online A. Sorry, BetOnline.ag. And remember, the promo code is locked on to get your 5050% bonus on your first deposit. Who doesn't want free money? Let's see what they think about the uh, matchup for the Indians tomorrow over at BetOnline.ag, our official sponsor for all things gambling and sports liney and the rest. So, Adrian Hauser versus Eli Morgan. It is in Cleveland. We have seen them favor uh, home teams, not in this case, with the Brewers being a uh, you know, a playoff squad. The Indians are not. Uh, Eli Morgan is getting a run and a half uh, at a neg one twenty versus a plus one hundred for Adrian Hauser. Over and under is nine and a half. Uh, looks like the favor at the betting line on that. Most people are favoring the over instead of the under. I don't know. I kind of think it, this could be a game where it's it's not going to get nine and a half. I think I prefer that line. Maybe call me crazy. That's what I think. Go check out BetOnline today for yourself. Uh, remember that is BetOnline.ag, promo code locked on. So let's talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. They're good. Uh, they're currently 86-55, and 6-10 winning percentage. 12-game uh, lead over the Reds, and they pretty much have that division locked up. Led by a pair of elite starters, and they probably made the best trade of all season when they added Willie Adames, who was it's a fascinating deal because this is a guy for whatever reason could not hit in Tampa his home road splits were unbelievable and everything seemed to fall apart for him in Tampa when he was playing there and Tampa has a wealth of infield prospects when you look at someone like Taylor Walls uh, who is one of the best defensive shortstop prospects in baseball Wander Franco who is like a generational talent most people view as a shortstop Uh, so they went out and they traded and got a pair of interesting relievers in that one, including former Indian prospect J.P. Fireisen. And uh, Adames has been unbelievable for this Brewers team. But let's let's just do what we do. Let's compare these teams position by position. Catcher Omar Navarez uh, is the catcher over there. I thought that was a fantastic ad a few years ago when they got him from Seattle. Now, offensively, uh, he's still been good. He's not quite as great as he was, but defensively, he's the ratings in all places show him to have improved significantly there. One could argue that this guy is one of the top three to four catchers in baseball because he's doing it with the bat and with his defense behind the mound. That's an easy win, and that was, again, just one of the better under-the-radar trades of the past few years. It's a very smart front office. I don't always love their drafting, uh, I'll be honest, but the trades they make and the guys they find on the fringes, it's, it's awesome. Moving on to first base, Rowdy Tellez, uh, who they got off of, I believe, waivers, right? Wasn't he completely let go by Tampa earlier, or Tampa Toronto earlier this year? He's been about a league average guy, uh, not a good defender. He's he's good enough. You know, they're getting something when they, instead of nothing. Um, I, he may not play as much if guys like Tyrone Taylor were healthy. Uh, you know, Mark Matias is still on their 40-man, interestingly enough. We will be lucky. I mentioned Willie Adames. We won't actually see him in this series. Uh, so that is a, it's something that will help the Indians out. But, yeah, they don't have a natural first baseman right now. They could use some pen help. There's definitely some issues going forward. 
But uh, I think the Indians have the advantage at first, so we're currently tied heading into second base. Colton Wong uh, was on paternity leave. He's come back. He's played. He's had some injury issues this year, but he has still, for the most part, performed pretty well uh, at that position. Let's see, a 114 runs created plus, a positive defensive value. Uh, the Indians, we know Ahmed Rosario has not been an above-average player at second base in his opportunities, so that's advantage. Milwaukee moving to shortstop. If they had uh, Willie Adames, it wouldn't even be up for debate, but he's hurt. So uh, Luis Arias has been slightly above-average bat, kind of more as a utility guy, uh, and defensively he's been okay. Uh, when I look over at the Cleveland side of things, like he's been worth two war, and Med Rosario's been worth 2.5. Now Rosario is playing significantly more. Uh, no, I guess not. So, Arias is finding an everyday role for them. But this is advantage Indians. So third base, advantage Indians as well. Uh, the Brewers at third base have Eduardo Escobar, who I thought that was a smart trade from Arizona to add him. He's been great this year. And it's not a knock on him. A 127 runs created plus, about league average defense. Uh, he's done a lot of things super well. Doesn't hit a lot of home runs, but still is a very productive player. Uh, that, but that's just his data and the Brewers I'm looking at. So he has home run power. Uh, but like I said, great player. He's not Jose Ramirez. Advantage Indians. So the Indians currently carry a two point advantage heading into the outfield. Uh, left field. Christian Yelich, he has not been the same guy. Like He is having a natural aging curve these past few years. Uh, he is sitting there with a 109 runs created plus, 1.5 war overall in left field. Uh, the Indians' primary left fielder has been Harold Ramirez when he's been there. And to give you just an idea of, like, Harold Ramirez is at a .1, he's at an 87, and a bad defense. Uh, even with Yelich being not the... MVP that he was. He's still much better than what the Indians have. Uh, one point lead for Cleveland. Center field. We know what Miles Straw can do. His ability. And uh, they have Lorenzo Kane, the longtime vet. And he has been a 97 runs created plus, a solid defender. You go over and talk about Straw if you're just comparing him, you know, heads up. It's why I can. He's at a 110 runs created plus, and he's a better defender. Cleveland has the advantage in center fielder and center field, so that's a two-point advantage right now. Moving into right field, Bradley Zimmer, strong defender, inconsistent bat, a little bit below league average. I believe uh, Asval Garcia is their right fielder now that he is healthy. He has also dealt with injuries. When he is in there, he has been worth 2.8 war, Strong bat, 170 runs created plus. Good defensive value, that's advantage. Milwaukee, so the Indians have a one-point advantage now. The obvious thing here is there's no DH. So Franmo might be playing in left field. If he is, he's playing in left field, then that makes left field more of a push because Yelich, as I said, has been good. He's not been great. Franmo Reyes has been, with a bat, great. With a glove, not as much. Uh... And it's just, this is why you kind of want the universal DH, uh, hopefully in the future. I know a lot of people hate it. I'm fine with it. Uh, but we don't know exactly where Fran was going to profile this weekend. Like I said, likely left field. He might get some games in at first base. We don't know. Uh, I can't really do a matchup. 
with that. Now, when we want to discuss the starting rotation, so Corbin Burns probably should be the favorite to win the NL Cy Young. Brandon Woodruff has been fantastic. Eric Glauer, the Kent kid, they it took him a little bit of time, but they kind of got him back to where and even better than he was as a prospect when he was a former first-round pick. He's been worth 1.3 war, 4.12 FIP, a 3.18 earned run average, or yeah, uh, earned run average. He's been strong. Said Burns has a 1.58 FIP, been worth 6.5 war this year. Woodruff's at a 4.1 with a 3.04. Adrian Hauser's at a 4.32 FIP. He has been worth 1.2. Then you got Peralta, who has also been worth over 3 war. So they got that top three, Burns and Woodruff in particular, and then a slight step before you get to Freddie uh, Peralta. Then Bowers, your solid four, and Hauser at five. And Hader and Williams have continued to be really strong relief options. Brett Anderson, um, I guess he's just he's been another starter for them. Good when he's been healthy, currently not healthy. Uh, Brad Boxberger has been okay. And then the rest of their pen has been a little bit shaky, and that's really what Milwaukee will likely look to well, it's like, I don't know if they're going to look to fix that bullpen because at the same time, they're also getting to the point where they're probably going to have to consider trading someone like Josh Hader. I don't know what they'll do in terms of that position. It'll be interesting. Uh, the Brewers, you know, they tried, they went out and traded for John Axford. He immediately went on the disabled list. John Curtis was uh, someone they traded for this year as well, and he needed Tommy John, uh, Piero Domo, and Justin Topa or other guys they've tried also hurt. Uh, the bullpen is still an advantage. I mean, Hader, Williams, Boxberger is a better one, two, three than the what the Indians have. And in terms of matchups, you're going to take the uh, Milwaukee pitcher in all of these. So it ends up a net advantage to the Brewers uh, in this series. I also want to throw this out there. So we talk about this Brewers team and we look at them and... I talk about the fact that Mark Matthias is still on the 40-man there. Former Indians, like, was never going to be close to it for the Indians. Uh, they're a team where, you know, they're they're not deep in prospects. Uh, they do get a competitive balance pick each year. I believe it would be a competitive balance B pick next year. I do see that fan graphs. I'm going to strongly disagree with their prospect rankings. I don't see Tyler Black there, the guy I was a big fan of from Wright State, who the Brewers also like quite a bit and took in the first round pretty high. And I talk about things like prospects and players like that. Uh, And, you know, there's another interesting player who's not a prospect anymore, Keston Huara, who might need a change of scenery. And why do I mention all this? Uh, Because this is a team right now, this Milwaukee Brewers team, that Mark Matthias, I'll say it again, is still on their 40 man. They clearly are not under a 40-man crunch. It's not the deepest minors in baseball. They do have some interesting players. Uh, They are going to have some free agents. They're going to have to figure things out. This might be a team for the Indians to talk with this offseason. This might be a team where a trade or two could make sense. Again, I mean, Keston Huara is not currently with his team. Former, like, not sure how high he was ever as a prospect. I feel like he was maybe at least one of the top 20 prospects in baseball. He's he's just struggled mightily and is the perfect change of scenery type, as I've said. Uh, we talked about how Nick sends out. Yeah, I mean, he, he baseball prospectus had him as the sixth overall prospect. Baseball America, 17th, MLB, 20th. So that's that says a lot. And he tore his way through the minors. 
And even in his first cup of coffee in 84 games in Milwaukee, he had a 938 OPS. He was really good. And since then, it's just been a bit of a disaster. Brewers are an interesting team. The Brewer, well, I cannot say Brewers. Brewers are a team where it makes a lot of sense for the Indians to see if there's maybe a trade that, that could go in there and work. Because the Brewers are going to have that space. They're going to have 40-man roster space. And depending on how things hammer out with some of their own free agents, you know, Oscar Mercado might have value to them. And, you know, if you're out there thinking about it, I mentioned all these starters. Remember, they have the team that signed Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, and he's been okay, but he's not playing every day for them. Uh, they've, I believe he'll enter free agency again at the end of this year. I could be wrong. But they've got talent. And my only reason I'm not 100% saying the Indians and Brewers make a ton of sense for trades is the Brewers are always out there operating on like one to two year deals. I honestly have no idea what their roster is going to look like in the year. This feels like a team where almost the entire roster uh, will be a free agent at the end of the year, much like how Cleveland has almost no one under contract. But I think there's, I think there's some space here. I think specifically if Keston is a player, the Indians see something in fixing. They think they can figure him out a bit. And if Milwaukee is willing to take on two to three guys, uh, because their 40-man situation is not a crunch. It's a lot more fluid. Uh, an interesting team in that regard. Extra long edition as I rambled here at the end. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked on Indians Podcast. Remember to rate and review. It really helps. Download daily. For the next year, go Tribe. After that, go, go Guardians, go.